0: Support Black Podcast. Talking My Team is the brainchild of two friends who are both passionate fans of football. JP and Dumb enjoy every facet of the game, but they never found one podcast where people sounded exactly like them. So they figured that the only way they were going to get a perspective like the one that they have meant that they would have to produce it themselves, and thus was born Talking My Team Podcast Network. Uncensored, raw, and most of all, a speak that is strictly from the fans' point of view. The definitive statement about the Talking My Team Podcast Network is, is as real as it gets. Go on to SoundCloud, support Talking My Team Network with JP and the Mayor, the Man, dan dinkins talking my team network support black podcast
1: Welcome once again to another stop of the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul on gtownradio.com, Mondays 8 to 10 p.m. And I'm joined as always... Yo,
0: how at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And tonight, we are
1: going to talk about One of the true classics of black cinema. This is really a film that there was a before and an after. 1971's Sweet Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, a film by Melvin Van Peebles.
0: But before we start, have any business, Mr. Webb? Why, yes, Vince, we do. All right. Thanks to all of our Michelle missionaries that hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and also email us via Mission at gmail.com, including Sherry D, who hit us up about passing and some other stuff. Hello, Vince and Len. Hey. I enjoyed your Fences episode. Oh, good. I, too, have long admired uh, T. Williamson's massive talent. I remember him from a show back in the day called The Righteous Apples, back when he was Michael T. Williamson. But he was born Michael T. Williamson, I believe. Oh, okay. I do remember when, it, for a moment, he was Mikel T. Williamson. I don't remember that at all. I so do. this is interesting already. I'm looking forward to the Imitation of Life episode, whichever version you plan to do. Did you ever see 1949's Lost Boundaries, based on a true story? The passing parents didn't even tell their own children that they were all black, until it was discovered one day by an outsider. When Mm. their son learns that he's black, in the film version anyway, he does what anybody would do in that situation, right? He goes to Harlem. (laughs) That's that's actually not a f- bad first thing to do when you discover you're black. <laughs> when in Rome, I believe that the principal actors in Lost Boundaries playing the immediate family are all white, but there are some strong supporting black actors. I guess this movie would be con- would also be considered a black film as passing is the main subject of the film, unlike both versions of Imitation of Life, where there are a few other plots slash relationships going on besides the passing issue. It is based on a real black family who are passing, but again, the main actors are white, so is it a black film? Lastly, I think that the device on which I listen to you might be defective. I thought I heard you say that we'll be boarding the Soul Plane <laughs> before, <laughs> before the right thing is done. Heavens to Spike, that can't be right, can it? Anyway, thanks so much for what you do and how you do it. Best of best, Sherry T. Not your cousin, my esteemed brothers on a righteous mission. <laughs> Unbeknownst to most Black people, Sherry, you in <laughs> fact do have to board the Soul Plane to take you to where the right thing to where the to be right done. thing
1: is. That's right. You got so, all roads go through Soul Plane. Exactly. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> we got to own our own air, airline. Right. Right. And it's called Soul. Plane.
1: And it's called Soul Plane.
0: Uh, she asked an interesting question about the movie Lost Boundaries uh, because. Passing is the main topic of the film, right? Which, again, another strike against the nineteen fifty nine imitation of life. I don't think it's the main topic of that film, right? Um, Which makes no sense, but uh, but since it is definitely the the main topic of this film, Lost Boundaries. However, the actors are all white, yes, which leads me to believe that the producers and directors are probably white. So oh, well that
1: goes without saying,
0: would you consider that a black?
1: Film? I would, I would. I mean, we'll talk about this much, much more next week, but, but again, I don't think, I don't, I don't know what subject is more uniquely African American than passing. Okay. You You know, I really don't like, like I really do think that, it, that, it, and, and, you know, my argument not my argument, but my view that, you know, I'm uncomfortable talking about African movies from the diaspora, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm I'm right in the pocket here in America. Right. And again, you know, obviously issues of of slavery. um, Yeah, I don't know what's 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 a more uniquely African-American subject than passing. I mean, I'm sure there are some. Like, obviously, our culture isn't just slavery. But, but you know, I don't know who else has really dealt with that like we have. I mean, when you consider the the way that people pass and, and, and sort of the logistics of passing, right? rather. Right. Like, that's so African-American that I would say it is black. Sight unseen. But, like I said, I suspect by the look on your face we'll be talking about this much more next week.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to have to get into this. Yeah, <laughs> just a wee bit, a wee bit, my brother. Um, but I, I'm interested in that. I actually is doing some research for the film that we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, just, uh, just in looking, it was interesting that I found a lot of movies—not a lot, but more than a few movies—that are about similar topics about passing. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's, it's very cool. Um, Shari, thank you so much for that email. Yeah, absolutely. She also mentioned in the email how much she loved our uh, Fences episode. Yes, We thank also you. heard from Vincent Slaughter. Oh, good name. Who said that he loved this episode and made him want to go back and listen to the Moonlight episode as well. Oh, good. And Robert Monroe. What's up, Robert? Said, uh, spoke about how he loved this film. The Michaud Mission did it Justice. Thank you. Watching this in the theater, I kept thinking about an old girlfriend who was encouraging me to try acting. I never did. And watching those incredible performances on the screen, I regretted never trying. And Viola Davis was robbed. They yeah. put her in the Best Supporting Actress because the assumption was that Meryl Streep was going to win as Best Actor. Right. Actress. Right. Um, but Emma... Stone one, and it goes without saying that Viola Davis can act circles around Emma Stone while having the flu and a hundred three degree temperature. Yes, all true, uh, all very, very. Which, of
1: true. course, you know, speaks to what I always say about the politics of the Oscars. But there you go.
0: All right. <laughs> um. Going, staying here in our Facebook group where there are more than a few little polls going on up here. A lot of people having, having fun at Facebook. I, I like that. I love that. yeah. it. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's a uh, nice little community we got going.
0: Yes, it is. Again,
1: people I want to hang out with.
0: The Bougie Square Society. Yes, yes. I just like saying
1: that. I know.
0: Bougie Square Society.
1: Yes. that's Now that is my cousin.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Cousin-in-law. Oh, cool.
1: Married to my cousin. But now, my cousin. Okay. Because you know, you get married, you do that candle. You do the candle where they take the families, take the two candles, and then they light the one candle. Right. Now you one family. Cool. Also a fire hazard.
0: Very true. <laughs> now, Bougie Square Society, is that a thing?
1: I, that is, he has a company. A company, A good, Bougie you know, Square Society. Mm-hmm.
0: Don't they do like like uh, t-shirts,
1: tur- t-shirts and, and stuff like that, sweatshirts? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I think I went to their site. There's some cool stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty dope. My yeah, people yep. are cool. Your people are are lit. <laughs> That's what the young people say. <laughs> or or on fleek. Yes. Yes. That's some such stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you got to check them out. Uh, so Bougie Square Society. Posted asking for thoughts on the the Chai. Yeah, the Chai. Is, is it the Chai or the Chai? Well, I want it's, it's yeah. Chicago. Yeah, but so it's Le- right, say- so it's Lena Waith's show. Yeah. Um, which is a showtime show. Right. Um Lena Waithe, and I think Common is also like a producer on there. Right, right. But I think of her because she's actually
1: the creator. Right. She's the creator right. of the show. And she had my favorite episode of Master of None. Oh, real last year. You know the the where Lena comes out, the coming out episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: So you haven't seen the 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 shy? Or, no, I or haven't. Or she? See now, there's a, a few people on on the face in a Facebook group uh, talk about how they uh, have enjoyed it so far. Vincent Slaughter, who is um, who's becoming a regular on the yeah 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 yeah. Vince, so do your thing. Um, said that it was well made, but it seems like a series of bad decisions that will be frustrating to watch. Uh, uh, Varanja Ver, Veranja Blake said that um, there was a little, somebody on the show that with locks who um, they thought was a girl, and apparently is not a girl. Okay. Um, I'm interested in seeing it. My only apprehension my apprehension is this. I am a huge devotee of very old TV series, St. Elsewhere. Yes. Right? Which took place in a Boston hospital. Loved every single moment of that. The show that introduced Denzel Washington. Yes. Including, uh, and as well as David Morris and Howie Dell and a bunch of other people. Um, uh, Alfred Woodard was on that show as well. Loved that show. And ever since that show went off the air in like, I guess like the late 80s or mid-late 80s, you know, there have been other heralded medical hospital shows. ER, Chicago Med, Grey's Anatomy, tons of them. And I've looked in on probably a little bit of all of them. Okay. Right. And some of them seem, you know, okay for what they're doing. But it all just comes across to me as just, eh, this is, this is a $3 dollars saying Elsewhere. Okay. And saying Elsewhere is regarded as one of the greatest shows of, of all time. I'm Absolutely. I'm not saying it's like top 20, but it's certainly top 50. Absolutely. So I'm like, I don't really need to see them, see these shows, because the, – Somewhere down the lines, the story plots are going to be run similar. You know, some doctor's going to get sick. No, The
1: Shot is not a medical show.
0: I understand that. Okay. Again, here's my point. All here's right. I'm going with that. So I, I tend not to watch those, watch those medical shows because St. Elsewhere is so heralded in my in my eyes. Okay. Right? The same with a lot of, like, beat cop shows because Hill Street Blues is so heralded in my eye. Right. Now we come to The shy. Which looks pretty decent, right? Right. From, from the commercials that I've seen. However, in my head, I have two shows that, for the most part, at least from what I can see, have given me what I think the Chi is is trying to give me. Okay. The Corner, which was just a mini series, yes. And of course. The wire
1: right so it's in, in particularly what that fourth season with the kids or just in general
0: it, particularly that fourth season with the kids right but in general as well because because that fourth season with the kids as uh as spectacular as it was right it resonates all the more because of your' you're also invested in what's going on in the city. Right. And seeing where the cops have come from this point, where you're seeing where the drug dealers have come from this point, And now it's permeating, seeing how it permeates now straight down to the kids. So having those in my pocket, and because I watch The Wire probably once a year. You're right. Absolutely. Rewatch, re-watch it. When I see the commercials for The Shy, I'm like, do I need to see that? I got The Wire.
1: I think the thing about The Wire and The Corner is that they are so Baltimore. Like, I know inner cities have similarities. Mm -hmm. But I do think... Put it this way. I think I would be more apt to sign up for this argument if it was about Detroit. And you would say, oh, well... Because in my mind, Detroit is the closest city that reminds me of Baltimore really yeah like that just where where just just that 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 blue collar working class infrastructure is completely gone mm. like just completely gone like Cut like, it out of like, it, like like yeah. like not to go not not to get too off top but 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 it was a real adjustment for me moving to Philadelphia where, you know, Philadelphia has, has areas that obviously are challenged Mm -hmm. and, and, but there's something about a city that there, there are just vast stretches of it that, that are just completely detached from a working city. And from my little bit of understanding of Chicago cuz I don't know Chicago enough to really speak on it. Mm-hmm. It's a different beast. Yeah, than Baltimore. So that's the first thing. The second thing is frankly I trust Lena Waith. Okay. Like if somebody else was writing it, I would I would say you know I'd be more apt to write it off. Got you. You know, and you know just to circle back to The Wire, I think a, a perfect example of how the Wire kind of has this kind of real Baltimore ness to it. It's like you compare The Wire to something like Tremé, right? Both David Simon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: both cities that are dealing with challenges. Both you know the have The
0: Wire with a Baltimore Tremé with, with New
1: Orleans. Orleans. New Orleans, you know, after after um, Katrina. Katrina, but you know if you know anything about New Orleans, you know New Orleans has always had challenges. Yes, and there are distinct differences in the, in, shows. in the shows, and in the challenges. Yes. So I would say give the shy a chance. Like it, I think it might do something different. Different.
0: Speak differently. Yes. Okay. So, fair enough. I will give it a chance. Yeah. I will give it. but that was my hesitancy. No no, no, I get it absolutely. I'm giving it a chance but I I certainly
1: shall I think the difference between like those workplace shows that you talk about is that it's difficult to carve out a culture in police station A versus police station B. Mm-hmm. And I think the best television shows like this, the city is a character in the show. yeah. and I think the wire at its best, the city was a character. Now, yes. this is the point where I'm going to get into a fight with my fellow Baltimoreans because you you know, all the way back to the to homicide, frankly, it's been a raging battle among people from Baltimore about how David Simon depicts Baltimore. 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 And, you know, my my whole argument is that because of the shows that he's making, you don't get the totality of Baltimore. Right. But that is a part of our story,, mm-hmm. like you know the argument that he only focuses on this particular part I think is a good argument i that's an argument, but you know, I think it's just the nature of you're making a show about crime, you're making a show about drugs, you're making like like there's really no room to to talk about you know the po- the the poly city game that's been going on for a hundred years, yeah, but yeah. it's very much i think a lot of it rings true. Mm-hmm. So, all right. all right.
0: Aaron Fry also is having fun in the Facebook group. What's up, Aaron? Talking about turtle Classic Movies was recently airing yeah. four of his favorite old movies in a row. Sergeant Rutledge, Sounder, A Patch of Blue, and A Warm December. If yeah, you're good looking
1: out on, keeping on a warm, giving us a heads
0: up for that. The ones to watch and, and enjoy. Actually, the day that it was showing those movies um, I actually was going to be out for that day mm-hmm. and I was like oh man that looks like it's be some because we, we had just spoken about Sergeant Rutledge yeah yeah so that really looked interesting I'm not a sounder guy right but um, I like sounder a lot Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm just not a guy I don't yeah, do yeah, yeah. For me. but it, that still would have been fun yeah to sit down and,
1: and you have you seen a patch of
0: blue I've not seen it. I've heard good things. Yeah,
1: about I love Apache Blue, and I'm not familiar with
0: a warm, a warm
1: December. December.
0: Yeah, but that, that's the best. That's the best type. That's one of the reasons why I like Turner Classic Movies, right? Like, like I don't have cable. I have I get Turner Classic Movies th- via Sling, um, and sometimes I'll just plop down and just watch an old movie that uh, either I've heard a lot about and just never really caught, right? Or just looks interesting. Stars an actor that I've you know. Right, have some renown for so I'll I'll, I'll check it out. So hopefully those will be on demand. Yes, and I will catch them soon. Yes, Uh, and finally, today is January fifteenth. Yes, it is the fifteenth. So four days ago. Yes. The world was
1: reintroduced. 16th. Today's. This, we're taping on the 16th.
0: I'm sorry. Today okay. is January 16th. All right, so we're five days, on days on ago. Five world, days ago.
1: The world was reintroduced.
0: Reintroduced to. to. Let me tell
1: you. Uh-uh. Watch out now.
0: Let me tell you, brother. Now, I have long had a thing for Queen Latifah. I think Queen Latifah is one of the most beautiful, uh, bold yeah. women I have ever met. And Absolutely. I've always found that devoutly attractive. Yes. I also have a very good sweet spot in my heart for Kim Fields. I mean, of course. I think Kim Fields is just... Of course. I think think she is just like a chocolate chip cookie. And a chocolate chip cookie is the only cookie in the world that I eat. You have mentioned that. And I think she is the best chocolate chip cookie. Just just delicious. That being said, Mm -hmm. when Living Single hit the airwaves, yes, and a young Erica Alexander.
1: She ain't look like she looked on the Cosby show. No,
0: no, no <laughs> she did not. No, she did yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And that was the moment I <laughs> gave my heart to Erica. Yeah. Erica Alexander could do no wrong. The show was an excellent show. Quiet is kept, ladies and gentlemen. This show was friends before friends and better
1: let's just say than friends friends stole their concept from living single totally like you know
0: totally and 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 erased all the white all the black people yeah too to, they were shamed to bring Aisha Tyler in there um but this show was was smart yes it was funny Yes, it was. Um, it was thoughtful. It was prov- thought provoking. It was timely. It was uh, extremely well acted. Great images. Fantastic images. Beautiful. It was a beautiful display of the African diaspora and, Af- and black culture on on television. A fantastic cast that had immense camaraderie and were 100% unselfish with one another. Right. It was a true ensemble. It was a true ensemble. This was a movie, I mean, a a TV series, that, when it was put together, was built around the known stars who were Latifah and Kim Fields. Right. You know, the others were working actors, Um, but it was built around those two. And yet, they smartly knew that Hey, we will all succeed right if right Everybody shines right. And everybody had a moment to shine on that series from the beginning of this series until the very last episode. And for all of you devotees who believe that how important a show that Martin was and I'm not knocking the importance of Martin, but M- Martin, that TV series, which preceded this show, mm-hmm. Martin, after its second season, became <laughs> not even a shadow right. of itself. Became just a, 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 a laughing stock of a TV series. And I think, honestly, it was the poor light of Martin that cast a bad shadow on Living Single. Oh, that's interesting. Ratings wise, right, which right. is why that show did not become become as heralded as it. As it should have been. I think about a show that was a good show as well, um, that came I think a few years later, Girlfriends. Yes. The Kelsey Grammer show. Yes. Which never raised to like immense heights. Loved Girlfriends, but was a good show and well held and critically acclaimed show. Yeah. For the low ratings that it got, and I think that was just basically because of the network that it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was an acclaimed show, you know, because. It was around shows. It was it was at one point. It was like the centerpiece of the black comedies that were on. I think either WB or C. Right, right. That whole wave. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, thus it was allowed. It was allowed to shine and and develop and even go more. I mean, it it, it quickly became a show that wasn't so much about the laughs anymore. it's about just. a, a Truly character-driven show in its last few seasons. Yeah, and I think that that is where Living Single could have been headed to if it, it had, you know, such a precious real estate television-wise uh, as Girlfriend's. did. Living Single was ahead of its time, and I praise you, Hulu. Yeah, for bringing this back. Shame on, shame on Netflix, who, who wants to. Remake one day at a time, which wasn't that great of a show when it was out, right and they pretty much put on a, a not that great a show now. And then I don't know who was asking for the the rebooting of Full House. I, you you never would have gotten Queen Latifah and Kim Fields and Erica Alexander for a Living Single. But if any if any show could be rebooted as something like Living Single, but I'm glad that Hulu is bringing mm. it back. In mass, I don't know if that's true. I, first of all, I think
1: you could get Kim Fields on a show. You probably and, could get her on a show, and yeah. I bet Mara Brock Akil could get Queen Latifah for you know
0: a couple of episodes, a
1: couple of episodes. I don't know. She's on Star now. I mean, yeah. Is that still on? Well, as far as I know, is that actually still on. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a huge. It's you know, I'm not a big living single. Like, I like living single, and, I, and like people, like, people are really, really devoted to uh, living single. Like, I remember living single was actually the first petition that I remember.
0: Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. when it
1: got canceled, mm-hmm. I remember people around me being very vocal about trying to keep living single on. But I've always respected, I love the Akeels. yeah, I love Mara Brock and Salim Keel, which you know, appropriately enough. Their new show is coming on the night that we're shaped that we're taping this. That's right. And and it's Black Lightning.
0: Yep. Which is getting really good reviews. So I've heard. Which is, you know. You sound amazed.
1: I'm I'm very much amazed because I pretty much ignore all of those CW superhero shows. I have this season as well. So, you know, people saying no, this is something else going on, and I knew the Akeels were involved. I am, you know, I am taping it. Okay. But but yeah I'm I'm very happy for Living Single. I'm very happy for the huge fan base mm-hmm. that Living Single has continuously had. Yeah. And and you know, let's just say it. I think I think you know we are prime in remakes. Let's just go down the line. Martin is never going to happen because of the interpersonal issues on that set. Are you talking about like possible remakes, like the or okay. not even remakes, like just like they're doing with Roseanne and Fuller oh, House, okay. where you just bring it back?
0: Oh yeah, and, and they did with uh, what's his name, um, Will and Grace, Will and Grace, yeah. and and Fuller House, like you talk yeah. about. You, but I mean,
1: so you know, so Martin's never going to happen. Martin's never going to happen. I feel like we could look across the field and we could see a different world, but now that's never going to happen. Yeah, I don't think anything's
0: going to happen with with different world while Bill Cosby is alive. So, so that means even the Cosby universe, right? Because you could maybe see Theo. Look, the different world, different world writes itself. It went off twenty years ago. Yeah,
1: Dwayne and Whitley's kid is in college now. Yeah, like that writes itself. It does, but that's never going to happen because of the connection. Yeah. Right, that's never going to happen. Uh, you know, you just mentioned girlfriends that's never going to happen between no. the the issues on the set and the fact that um Tracy Ellis Ross has moved on. She's moved on to bigger and to, better, to better things. I I don't know what Black Show gets re revamped or brought back before Living Single. I don't know. What's up before Living Single? I thought Rock died too soon, but let's see. They're, they're Rock, all... never had, Rock never had the following, like yeah, the shows no, that we that that we named. Never. never. I think oh, they're rebooting Sister Sister. Are they really? They're bringing it back. Oh, so I actually think they could bring Living Single back. I absolutely, I don't know if you could get Queen Latifah on weekly, like you said, but I think a Netflix series, you could absolutely, and, and you see them all pop up. You see, you, you know, you see these actors pop up
0: periodically. So you know they're all still working. They're all still working. They're all still still um, doing good stuff. So, and but Erica yeah. Alexander showed up
1: on uh, Queen Sugar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tc Carson showed up on Greenleaf.
0: How about that? Yeah. So you know they're around. Yeah, and Eric, Erica Alexander. I don't know if you know that she, she is, uh, along with Concrete Park. that, yeah. that comic mm-hmm. book. She's writing another comic book.
1: book. I know. I know. So she's got her nerd bona fides. Do you know
0: which one I'm talking about?
1: I don't. Then how do you know? I just noticed she, you know, because I read Concrete Park. Oh. So she's kind of on my radar, but I didn't. She
0: is writing a comic book with Joss Wheaton. Oh, very nice. Yes. Very nice. I believe it's like another like Buffy. All right. Yeah. All right. Out of here. So she doing her thing. Yes. Do her thing.
1: So so yay living single. So that means, yeah, I
0: might be able to get with Erica, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I like Erica.
1: I ain't man. I, no, a li- she's a triple. I did not know that, but it does not
0: surprise she's me. She's a trouble. She's Desert Rose triple. All right. I know yeah. you like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I gotta find that interview when I told her. Oh, well, anyway. So anyway. What um... you know what, that baby oil. <laughs> We're recording. We're going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) for a word from our sponsors. (laughs) Then we're going to get into Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song.
1: You keep the face in me, and you my man. You my favorite man. Can you take it, baby?
0: Every dollar we make, the Guinness get 20, the police get 40, and Goldberg's gets 50. Anybody can tell you that don't add up to a dollar. That ends up to a dollar and a day. No, I haven't seen him, I haven't seen the cat. I mean, I, I don't want to see him. You just keep leaning and leaning and leaning. Get the f*** for my back, man! I'm, I'm clean, man. Look, I'm clean. There's nothing there. Look, look! Leave! Split! Leave, mother!
1: used to me slapping up on some white cops. <laughs> yes indeed.
0: I'm gonna say a black Ava Maria for you. <music>
1: Sweet Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, 1971 Melvin Van Peebles' film about the main character, Sweet Sweet Sweetback, who, after saving a black panther from some racist cops, spends the rest of the film on the run from the police, and utilizing allies that he makes in the black community and among the dispossessed throughout the United States, he eventually escapes. This is a film that is universally acknowledged as the beginning of the exploitation movement, and it is, again, without doubt, one of the pillars of black film. As we approach 100, it seems appropriate to do this, and this was the choice of Lynn Webb. What do you have to say about Sweet Sweetback's badass song, Lynn?
0: What happens when things get um, rebuilt, what happens is that the foundation is usually you know, bowled over and covered and built upon that. You know, because you build upon what came before. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you mentioned how Sweet Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song is one of the pillars of black cinema. Yes. I think in fact, that it was one of the pillars of black cinema. However, instead of bulldozing this movie, they put dynamite to it. okay, And blew it up. Mm-hmm. Because they're out there. Among all you legions of people who herald this film as such an important piece of cinema, there are some Other folks, some apparently more learned folks, smarter people who realize that this movie is nothing but one man's wet dream. Yeah. This movie is disgusting. Mm. This movie is puerile. This movie is dumb. This movie makes absolutely positively uncategorically no sense it is not uh, to say that is poorly acted is to do the art of acting a disservice this movie is horrible mm. and this is one of the worst films that we have ever reviewed on this On the mission. Mm. And I'm not even going to start with the fact that Melvin Van Peoples should be somewhere in a jail cell Right. right now for filming his son yeah, Who couldn't have been more than maybe 12, 14 years. I think, I think years, it was 10. 10 years old?
1: Yeah, I think it was 10.
0: 10 years old, laying down with a grown, naked women, woman within, what, five minutes of this film being on air?
1: It's his origin sequence. Well, I guess he's like twelve. I'm, okay, you know, so he's, 11, probably, he's 12, about twelve years. It doesn't, 11, even, it 12. doesn't
0: it doesn't matter?
1: Yeah, he's probably it, eleven. It does
0: not even matter. That scene now, the the joke forever has been that you know when you have. Uh, uh, a boy sleeping with a grown woman it's right. uh, it's you know it's him becoming a man and it's the other way around it's rape right you know absolutely um but uh, uh the, In these more enlightened times and to be honest, it's not these times, it's probably this dates back into the seventies or late seventies, eighties, when they realized that, yo, you know, this is this is not cool and that's when the statutory rapes I mean uh, there were contemporary
1: reviews that said this the same thing though. This isn't something you know, people didn't just start saying this in eighty three. So that's true,
0: but the thing is So you're right. But the thing is while there were reviews that said that The reason why you still got away with it at that time is because of the patriarchal nature of not just Hollywood, society itself. Right. So they saw that scene and they just saw some boy, you know, becoming a man. Right. You know, come on, be a man, sweet back. Right. You know what I mean? So that's how it came off. And that's, that's how it was celebrated in the black community in the barbershops and on the basketball courts, you know, of, of the day, you know? So that's how, how that scene was celebrated. Not, not seeing it for what it was, you know, an extremely awkward scene, especially considering that you could tell that for the most part, both of those people were naked. Now I don't know if maybe there oh, was yeah. something in between them, but the the legend goes that there wasn't much in between them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the legend goes that there certainly wasn't nothing between Melvin Van Peoples and every other woman that he beds down in this film, because the legend goes is that on many of the many of those scenes he actually is having sex. Yes. You know. Um, and of course, how could he not? Because in this movie, there, I'd be hard pressed to find two women in this movie who have clothes on. Every woman, if they have clothes on, they are immediately about to take them off. Yes, you know, in in front of in this entire movie, right? That so so. That is just a window into the world of what he's trying to. Pr- portray as far as his mindset about women black women and white women you know in this film all right um then the other thing that this film gets heralded for is because it's about the man it's about the you know black man being um running away from the man you know what i mean or take it or or i've seen it that he's taking on the man but he's really not taking on the man he's taking it on the lamb from the man that's right. all he's doing in this movie is running and he's not even smartly running because he gets caught about 8 freaking times in this stupid movie mm-hmm. every, every freaking time he gets he gets caught and then he just sits there with some Dumb look on his face that I guess Melvin Van Peebles thinks is him being stoic, but it's actually just him looking like he's got Down syndrome in this entire stupid ass movie. This movie mm. is is it made it? This movie actively made me mad mm. that I was watching it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and but but okay, so that's what they talk about. This is this is about the man and like and and all this other type of stuff. And this is the beginning of the black exploitation era. Well, quiet is kept few and far between. The black exploitation era, a lot of those movies didn't necessarily have to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Or if they did have to happen, unfortunately, what this film showed is that you could do those films on a super duper low budget. And story be damned. And unfortunately, there are a great deal of black exploitation films that follow that model. You know, there are some that didn't or elevated themselves to to higher standards, such as you know Superfly and right, and, and, right. and Cleopatra Dr- Dr- Brown and 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 others of that ilk. But there are a lot that just followed on the aesthetic of just get a brother, show that brother, take some chicks clothes off, smack, smack a couple of chicks around, shoot a couple of and beat up a couple of white guys and say I'm sticking it to the man and boom, we've got a movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And as important as people want to say this film, film is, at the time that this film came out in 1971, there were already movies, better movies that were speaking about, you know, this same sort of situation about, um, black man's uh, uh um having the white man having his neck on the black man in the inner city about the 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 disparity of of the inner city versus uh the city whites and, and blacks and, and 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 the and the viewpoint of the the black the black man who has who has um not gotten his fair shake there have been tons of movies about this coming from as as far back as 1965 into 1971. So it's not like this was, you know, ahead of its time story-wise mm-hmm. either. You know, it th- this is just a really really badly made movie. It's there's nothing good about it. The only good thing that comes about this movie is that this movie gave Earth, Wind and Fire its break because they were yes. basically an unheard-of band, yeah, and yeah. he needed somebody to perform the music for the for the uh, for the movie. However, the music that they perform was composed. By Melvin Van Peoples. Yes. So he got a band destined to be one of the greatest bands of all time. Right. Yet he didn't trust them because they weren't unheard of right. to compose music for his his movie. So he composed the music and then had them perform his music. Right. Which it's horrible music. Oh, what It is horrible. Well, I disagree with a lot, but
1: I completely badly
0: played that. music. It is, it is off key at points. He goes on to talk about how, and and then he comes up with these total BS reasons for why he was cutting these corners. Like you know, people weren't thinking about mo- movies from they um, were thinking script and and, mm-hmm. and pictures, but they weren't thinking script. Pictures and music, and so I was the first one to put that together and made sure that my music was was uh, syncopated with the pictures and the words uh, perfectly to to create the the full the full experience as I wanted it. That is such a bullshit. How is it bull? If it's I find true? it to be bullshit because he used the same piece of music eight thousand freaking times. There's no way that same freaking piece of music fit every one of those freaking scenes in this movie. Mu- in this movie otherwise if that is to tr- if that is the case that's another proof that this movie is bad because it must be one note because that mute that music can't fit the the uh can't fit the the storyline of everything that's happening mm-hmm. unless your story is just a basic straight line and has no ups and downs mm-hmm. no no nowhere to go because it's the same dumb one little chunk of music and it's not even a whole piece it's like about 2 minutes of the same thing and then it, it uh it like doesn't even it badly loops over mm-hmm. It's there's nothing good about this film the acting is bad there's only excuse me there's one other good thing about this mu- mm-hmm. about this movie in a minute and a half John Amos right. shows up in this movie and shows everyone how to act.
1: I disagree with about 90% of everything you just you said. You
0: can disagree with 90% of what I have to say, and that's fine. But never before on this mission have I questioned your intellect. Okay. Before now. Yes. Because I think that you love this film. And I do not understand. I how. do love this film, but I love this film.
1: We'll put it this way. I'll frame it like this, and I think you know it's probably not going to make you on the podcast. We had like a half hour conversation about comics before we start taping. You know we're comic fans, and I think if you look at nineteen thirty eight, okay, comic books, okay, like the very first Superman, very first Batman, very first. And, and the 38 ones, like, like not the Marvel ones, the 38, you know, again. And I think there is, they're, they're very crude, mm-hmm. but there is a primal energy there mm-hmm. that leads to other things. Mm-hmm. And you have to acknowledge the primal energy where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I think there is a primal energy to Sweet Sweetback's badass song that. It's it's cheaply made. Yep, guerrilla filmmaking, as you said. I will say this. I think some of the sharp cuts. I think some of of the imagery. I think the way that he, you know, um, like you said, syncopated the music with the scenes. Mm-hmm. I think it's deliberate. I mean, if you look at people, really, look. You look at the man's biography. This is not somebody like this man is an artist. He's a painter. He's a musician. Now, you don't have to like it. But to say that it's just sort of thrown together, I think, is just factually incorrect. How How, how is that not factually? Because the man had a plan. Like, you look at him and he talked about planning it. You know, you talked about the script. He talked about the story. I mean, this is not something... That he did on the fly. Again, you don't have to like the execution, but factually, Mm. this man had a plan. So that's the first thing the fact that there is this primalness to it. Connected to that, I think within the context of 1970, like you said, there were films dealing with this, and I'm curious about what films you're talking about. Because I think the thing about Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song is that this is one of the very few films, and again, now these are facts, what I'm about to say, bring it, that were made with a primarily black audience in mind. Okay. in 71 and you know it's all the black exploitation things that they say that you know this stuff became sort of um, surprise hits because the movie houses were in the ghettos and in the inner cities that had pretty much been abandoned by white flight so you get these films aimed towards these black audiences mm-hmm. and I think within that context this is an important film storyline it, it it's 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 the storyline, you it's it's some some corrupt policeman after you and you're trying to escape. The radicalism comes because he actually escapes. Like, I don't think I don't know how much of this film is when we say you know, he's taking it to the man. Like, that's more of an invention of the black exploitation period. Like, I'm fascinated by how pieces of this were taken from it and turned into something different we've talked previously when we talked about um Cleopatra Jones in particular right. how how you know the fact that this is actually a a, a radical and a rebel fighting against the policeman and you know these films a couple of years from now now turn this black figure into a policeman so that it gets co-opted I think something that i had forgotten is the across the board alliances that he makes like we talk about the black community protecting him which again is amazingly radical that this community is protecting this man but it's all aspects of the community you have you, you have just, you know, regular black people, you know, quote unquote working men. You have representatives of the black church, which you never see the black church in these films represent, you know, being a part of the quote unquote movement. We'll get to women in a second. I thought it was fascinating that there's a scene where there are gay men of color who are part of this alliance. Because by my read, you know, one of the things that goes on again and again is the, the policemen are looking for them, and they're always asking people, have you seen them? Yes. And what I inferred is that every single solitary person that told the police that they hadn't seen them were lying. Yes. That everyone has seen So, it's it, it was really interesting to me that, you know, again, you get black people, you get, um, you, you know, the preacher, you get gay black people and gay, Hisp- you get the Hispanic community, you get disillusioned white people, all of these people where where, you, you know, it's not even subtext. It's text that all of these outsiders can work together as a collective against this corrupt police state. I think the role of women in this is a little bit more complicated than just they're all naked. I think, you, you know, obviously the scene with him as a little boy is, is you know, and, I, and like I said when you were saying it, almost immediately critics said, this is mad problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this little boy with this woman. Sweetback. You, you know, the, he has the, the power of his penis is his big thing. Yeah. Sweetback has sex three times in this film. You have that montage at the beginning where he's a little boy and then he grows up. Right. I'm sorry. Four times. Right. It's the montage at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He's part of this weird, you you know, by my read, almost avant garde sex show that they're having. Yes. Yes. He has sex with the leader of... No, he has sex with the woman in exchange for her undoing his handcuffs. Yes. He has sex with the white leader of the biker gang. Yes. In all of those instances, if you go back and you look, and especially, again, when we think about the black buck superhero figure of the 70s, he's not the aggressor. In all of those cases, the women are the ones... That either initiate sex or they're in control of what's going on, and that's really interesting to me. Again, when we say this is black exploitation, and you think about black exploitation, I mean you roll your eyes, but which part is the law? Like, tell, tell me the law. Like, everything that I'm saying right now, I haven't gone to my opinion. I'm just saying the facts. Okay. So, if you say, no, there's actually a scene where he throws down a woman and says, give me that booty, woman. Then I'll say, oh, well, I missed that.
0: Well, the white woman, he actually says that that's his weapon. They they say choose your weapon. Choose your weapon. He said "And my weapon is... And he says, well, is... says fuck
1: right. Obviously, you have to bleep that. But yes. that's what he says. But clearly, they're trying to escape. And he says, and then he used that to escape, but again, there's never a moment when you think about a shaft, when you think about these, you know, what's going to come 10 minutes after this film becomes a surprise hit, where you know, again, you got this super dude throwing people around. I also think that you don't give enough credit for how radical black male sexuality is in this film when you think about the context where pretty much there is no black male sexuality i mean we talked a few weeks ago about to serve with love which i thought you know got a bad rap but generally black men were neutered so to have this just pure sexuality is important like it's important at this time i think it is primal I think it is is crude in the sense of, again, what it looks like. But, you know, again, I don't know the last time you read Action Comics, number one. Like, it's primal, it's crude, but it's something there. And, again, I think you have to give Melvin Van Peebles his due and say that the imagery and everything in here was deliberate. Now, we can argue about execution, and um, I like the music. I think the music fits. I I, I think he's, I, I think once, I think once he, I mean, you know, when he beats the policeman into unconsciousness with the handcuffs, I, I mean, I thought that was a little on the nose as far as the imagery of mm-hmm. using your shackles to beat a policeman down. But I think part of the reason that I thought it was on the nose is because in 2018, there's been, 50 years of people using a version of that imagery of black men breaking their shackles and using those shackles as weapons and doing like this is where it starts. Like this is the beginning right here. So you know, I am a fan of the, well no. I think this is an important film. I think it's an important film.
0: I don't Okay, I hear your argument about all that all that jazz and um I guess there there are pieces of film where you can see things you watch it and I think I think your 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 vantage point of the film is valid. I, however, for reasons of my own, and maybe it's just my own prejudices, believe that close to very little of your thinking of the imagery in this film was in Melvin Van People's mind when he was doing it.
1: Because why? Like, you don't think, like, you don't think, like, you don't grant the man the status of artist,
0: no okay because because I don't see a lot of talent in this
1: production. I think that's two different questions though like I think it's lots of bad artists, like I think it's like like when when I think sloppy
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think um. Trying to think of something that's Okay, sloppy. there are bad
0: artists. Right. Right. There are bad there are bad artists. We're comic book, we're comic book fans. Right, which we can't
1: we can't argue that, because that's just right. subjective. All I'm saying is the man is an artist.
0: Okay. But we we can we can look at comic book art, and we know that there are some comic book art that is more dynamic than others. Yes. Some that is just serviceable. Yes. And there's some that we may subjectively think Is bad. Right. Yet at its root, in all of them, there is the building blocks of comic book art. Okay. Panel construction, anatomy, some some form of storytelling. Right. Maybe the storytelling is not that great. Maybe the anatomy is not that great, or whatever. But you can see the building blocks there. Right? Right. So and in and in doing so then that person regardless of what we may think of the end product has earned rightfully the term of being an artist okay when i look at this film the writing the plot feels to me like it was made up as it went along. I mean, it's that, not a plot. There is exactly. no plot. Exactly. Like, so, so, so I think in doing and because of that, the purpose of the scenes that you speak of, I think it was just happenstance. You, 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 you get to the end and like, oh my god, look what I what I made. This kind of speaks to this. This kind of speaks to that. This kind of speaks this. This kind of speaks to this. this I don't think he actually did that. So just biographically, when you read about
1: this film and, and you have people that say it, you, you know, where he says, you you know, he wanted to finance it himself, himself because he didn't want to change the story. And, you know, he gets, he borrows the money from Bill Cosby and, you know, actors turned down the role because it wasn't enough. Words. It wasn't enough words. Like, again, there's, I, I, you can't deny the documentary evidence that the man had a
0: plan. I don't, for some reason, you know how some. So you're saying everybody's lying. Well, I'm not saying everybody's lying because all, right. all we're really hearing is him. No, no, you're not. There's your hearing. Every every dude thing I read was him. Dude. Bill Cosby, I mean... mean, No, Bill Cosby lent him money. No, 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 no.
1: Bill Cosby has gone on record. And, and, you know, the reason I'm sort of really adamant about this, frankly, not because I'm a Sweet Sweet Sweetback's badass song scholar, but when Sweetback, the film version, came out, there was all of this scholarship and all of these interviews. I mean, whether you're talking about Earth, Wind, and Fire, whether you're talking about Bill Cosby, whether you're talking about John Amos, like, there are so many people that have said... Mario Van Peebles always had this vision. Like this is like what I'm pushing back against you is not the quality of the final product. What I'm pushing back is this sentiment that this is like one of them, one, one you know, one of them Vivica Fox movies that went straight to, to video back mm-hmm. in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Like the man had a vision, he had a plan, he executed it, and I think, I think. I am much more comfortable that this is more of an experimental film, and it should be judged like that. Then you, you know, you, you know, like you said, things about plot, things about script. I don't think you, you, you know. And let's be clear, I do think that there is a lot of overlap between you know, kind of after the fact, you said all this stuff, mm-hmm. and an actual vision but again i think if you look at melvin van peebles biography like like this is somebody who actually you know studied different types of art and he worked in the end and like he did all this stuff and it lines up with what he was saying at the time so that that's all I'm saying. So that, again, I really do think about this like I think about, like I I would, I was really thinking, you know, I'm reading Action Comics number one, which, again, if you ever read Action Comics number one, is damn near unreadable. Right. But the power is there. And you can see a straight line between that and what has come. And, and if I'm in the bag for it, on, in, from any any perspective it is just the sheer radicalism of it like 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 i think this is a much more radical film for ironically reasons that we don't talk about like i named all the alliances like did i mention poor white people how there are poor white people that are part of of this community that he puts together mm-hmm. to help him escape like this is damn near a communist manifesto
0: 1969, Change of Mind, uh, starring Raymond St. Jock. A white man's brain is transplanted into a black man's skull. 1970, Tick, 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 racial tensions threaten to explode when a black man is elected sheriff of a small, racially divided town in the Deep South, starring Jim Brown. Yes. Um... Halls of Anger from 1970 with Calvin Lockhart, an all-city, an all-black inner-city school has to become an integrated school with a few dozen white kids transferred, but the black students are aggressively opposed to this. Watermelon Man from 1970, yes, right, which, which, which he, Cambridge, which he wrote the, the script, which, which Melvin Van Peebles wrote, wrote the script, wrote yes. and directed, and directed. He's, yes. he's listed as the director of that film, an extremely bigoted white man finds out the hard and somewhat humorous way what what it's like being a black man firsthand uh and reportedly while he did direct that film reportedly he says he doesn't like what the
1: right. overall finished product right which was, is part which me. is part of the reason he was Why? so adamant about now, having control of of this film
0: Well, a watermelon man I will I will say I, I Understand that he had problems with the finished product. I like the watermelon. I was about to say, I thought you, I I like the watermelon man too. I enjoyed the watermelon. Yeah. Now, why did you list those films? I'm listing these films as well as Cotton Comes to Harlem, which came out in 1970 uh, as well, as just uh, examples of where black cinema was around the time that Sweet Sweet. It's not about
1: where black cinema was as an art form. It's about where black cinema was as a political statement. Half of those movies you just named, the black characters are playing policemen, or teachers, or authority figures. The radicalism of this film is that the this is a black man completely outside the system. That's his whole argument. That's his whole argument for the exploitation film. He said half the movies, these black people are policemen. So they're agents of the state that we're fighting against. Or they're pimps and drug dealers and people who are actually hurting the system. And again, and, and what is Sweetback? Sweetback is, 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 is basically a cipher who represents the community. Like the whole radical notion of Sweetback is that he gets away. Like his getting away is in and of itself in 1971 a radical statement so no he's not no he's not the head of the panthers he's not you you know some type of savior figure but in 1971 the fact that he gets away and by my read which 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 spoke to me the most the fact that he brings all these disparate elements of outsiders together and makes it work is is uh, that's amazing to me It's amazing to me where, you know, we talked about it racially, which surprised me. Like I I had forgotten because I haven't seen it in probably seven, eight years. I had forgotten that there were black people and Hispanic people that he had also pulled in. 1971, this film is saying that in our fight, there is a place for the church and for the homosexual community. You don't see nothing like that now. You don't see nothing like that. Now, you find the most radical, blackity, blackity, black, black person on YouTube, and they talk about these people, and, and you are hard pressed to find somebody saying that there is a space for these people in the struggle. And for him to say that in 1971, yeah, I'm not just going to say he threw this together. This is important. This is still important. It's people I think need to see this right now. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't like to term Hotep for a lot of different reasons, but it's a lot of Kente cloth looking like extras in an Arrested Development video on YouTube right now, wearing kufis and talking about what we got to do.
0: Need to see Sweet Sweetback's badass song right now and get some lessons. They will not learn anything from this movie because this movie. It, Yes. It's kind of cool that he gets away. Alright? You barely know that he gets away. That's bad storytelling.
1: He it, uh, There's there's a, there, there's actually a voiceover, and it says at the end he got away and he's coming back to get his due.
0: Oh, no. I know there's a voiceover at the end. No, no, because no. Because they, they didn't have any footage of him no, running no, no. On what
1: But you said you barely know. No, you don't barely know. You know. It's no room it, for it interpretation. Kinda
0: just ends. It kind of does just
1: end. Oh, absolutely.
0: It kind of just ends.
1: Oh, it absolutely just ends. So, but... Huey Newton thought the Black Panthers should see
0: it. I don't care what Huey Newton thought. You think anybody checking Hue- Huey Newton to see whether or not he, he- yay or nays on a movie? Nobody give a damn what Huey Newton thinks about mu- about movies. And, the, and this was required viewing for the Black Panthers, then I would have I up and walked out. You would have got me signing on well, if I had to sit and watch this piece of shit.
1: Again, I think the irony is that a lot of the messages got lost.
0: B- because it's a piece of shit. Uh, the not. movie is bad. It's the movie not. is badly made. If he had all these highfalutin ideas in, in him, he certainly didn't learn anything from it. If, if, if his only experience... Lesson from the watermelon man was that mm-hmm. he doesn't want anybody to mess with him, then he needs to go back to school. And then maybe it's telling that he ain't really did much much since then. Because the watermelon man, for whatever reason, it's a a, a competent structured story. Yes. There is no competency at all on on, on viewing in this sweet sweet back's bad-ass movie Uh,
1: again i think you're looking at it from the point of view of entertainment
0: i'm looking at it from the point of view of entertainment because first and foremost it has to entertain it has to entertain you in order for you to be able to then grasp hold of the lessons that it's trying to take and you get uh serve you cannot be entertained you cannot grab any lessons if you Can't understand what the hell is going on. Somebody was entertained. Like, I hate to play this card with these movies, but I
1: mean, it was a hit. Like, it was a hit. Of course, it was a hit. What do you mean, of
0: course, it was a hit? What was going on? What was it? because because it's this movie that everybody's hearing about that you know oh my god you know there's a boy having sex in this in oh this it's movie. not just
1: the boy having sex
0: oh no you're right because there's tons of there's tons of other sex going it's on in here four sure, sex and, sure, and there's and there's a guy that, and
1: it's actually less sex in this film than in shaft mm, I don't think so it's I think there I think there's,
0: I think there's more sex
1: there's here. less sex in this film than in shaft
0: I know no no, no. No,
1: there's less sex in no. this film than in Shaft. Chap- no, you're I wrong. believe there's you're less sex in this film than in Superfly.
0: Well, that's true, but
1: it's disturbing because it starts with the boy, and I will say this: I don't think that was him trying to be radical. I think that was him just establishing the power of this, you know, black penis. But that
0: was him not giving a damn about there's, son.
1: There's there is a it, it, there is a lot less sex in this than I think you're saying
0: it is. There's an, there's enough there's enough sex that Lily Triple thought this was soft porn, <laughs> and I, I'm not even putting right. She was saying that after the first ten minutes, and yeah. I was trying to tell her it's not soft porn. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was fighting to lose an argument for a minute. There.
1: Right, right, right. Because then he's looking at his butt.
0: <laughs> I so think yes, it was a hit. So people, because because it, it had it had. Like eight eight rounds of, of titties in the first in the first twenty minutes, and then it, it yes you've got a, a guy b- badly beating up somebody, beating air with uh with with his uh, handcuffs yeah you know, and then strangling somebody with with handcuffs, and I don't know they, they look like they were about to kiss to again, me. but that that speaks to quality, that speaks to quality, no it speaks to quality. And I think you really are not
1: giving it to do for what a radical image that is. Nah. No, you can't. Nah. That is... Off the top of your head, what years in the heat of the night? Do you remember 60 what? 68. 67. 68. 67, 68. Less than five years previous, they, they edited out a policeman slapping someone who went on to be partially responsible for murder because of race i don't think you can really undersell or oversell how important this is that he kills or he beats up well he kills the second set but but that he beats up these corrupt policemen
0: so which is the more important scene oh i think this is
1: oh i think this very much is you don't think
0: that you don't think in the heat of the night is is what gets you to that scene Not at all. Not at all. I think any time and
1: this is something that I really I completely go along with Melvin Van Peebles. I think any time you have. The image of a black policeman. By definition, it is co-opted. Because he's representing the police. So if you are coming from the point of view that, you know, not to get all new Jim Crowy, but if you are coming from the point of view that the system is set up to hold down poor black people, mm-hmm. then if you have somebody, I don't care if it's, if, 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 if it's, if it's, um, if, if it's um Cleopatra Jones, I don't care if it's Sidney Portier in the heat of the night. If you come at it from this perspective, then yes, this black man fighting these corrupt police first of all first of all we've skipped over how radical it is to depict the police not policemen but the police as corrupt that's not that's
0: not radical they did that in uptight
1: did they do the police or did they do singular policemen because if i remember uptight it was you know it's it's like it's um it's um i just forgot his name with three names
0: Raymond Saint Jock.
1: No, not Raymond Saint Jock. The, 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 the black police. He, he's he. You he, uh, he know who I'm talking about. He's bald and Roscoe Lee Brown. Oh, Roscoe Lee Brown. You have Roscoe Lee Brown, and then you have the the the, the two uh the, the the two white policemen who don't even understand what's going. on. And not for nothing, they're not corrupt. They're not corrupt because the dude actually killed somebody. Like they're actually trying to solve an actual murder. Whereas in Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, they're framing him. Yeah, Uptight is a bad example. They're actually doing movie police stuff. This on film, the first... Dude, 1980-whatever, people were shocked and surprised that the policemen were kicking Rodney King. Shocked! I can't even believe this has happened. So yeah, 1971... You you must give this its historic due. You don't have to like it. You don't have to say it was it was it was executed that well as far as on the level of, of quality and, and everything that you you know and I can't fight you but so hard like the only argument I got I'ma just keep saying action comics number one. Like the only that's the only argument I have action comics number one. I think there is a primacy to it. Purely subjective. But you cannot, I mean, you you got to give it its due as a historical piece of radical art. No. All right. I don't. I'm sorry. Well, you're wrong. No, I'm not. Like, you're wrong. Like, you can call blue red, but it's still blue. Well, I ain't calling blue red. No, you're calling blue red. Like not oh, giving, not. Like, not saying, is, like not saying, like not saying that what is is. This ain't blue. I mean, okay. This
0: ain't blue. I, all right. This is it blue? It's brown. All right. <laughs> so, I'm going to assume. So, please, if you have not seen Sweetbacks. Sweet, 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 sweet badass, badass song. Do yourself a favor and run away from this movie. There is absolutely, positively, no reason in 2017 for anyone to watch this film. No. No, no, no. 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 No, maybe it is the first time that certain things happen and the first time you see certain things happen on on a screen. You know, I can't speak to historically to that. So perhaps it is, and in, in so doing, that may be radical of that to be depicted. However, the depiction of it is so poor that it is does not deserve viewing. In my viewpoint, Vince is about to tell you how wrong I am. Dorian's about to write us about how wrong I am. Omar's going to hit us up on Twitter and talk about how wrong I am. Hey, man, you uh, stand
1: we, alone. Stand strong. I'm going
0: to stand alone. I'm going to stand right here. You just the, said it. The, the, the $10 million the triples, they're going to tell I'll, tell me that I'm, I'm gonna play
1: wrong. I'm going to play Earth, Wind, and Fire behind you. Oh, please, so
0: not, do not play that earwig ever again. I
1: think you got to watch it once. I think you got to watch it. I think you must watch Sweet Sweetback's Badass song. I completely agree with Lynn about the execution. I think this is a film that it doesn't. I think the 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 the, the content of the film does not hold your attention. I think it's not a piece of entertainment. I don't think it's entertaining at all. But I also acknowledge that part of the reason I don't find it entertaining is because I'm looking at it in 2018 and I've had the luxury of having, you know, 40 years of stuff that came after it, that took Mm -hmm. some of that primacy, that took some of that energy and made it more uh, palatable and more entertaining. I think... I think when you hear about this film and everything, because you know, everyone you hear about this film and you know the beginning of black exploitation, you begin of black exploitation. I think it's a really interesting film to watch. Divorced from what it wrought, you know. Back to maybe the, you, you know, I, I'll, I'll switch from from um, soup from action comics to detective. 38 first appearance of Batman and when you read it and you think about oh it was the first superhero one of the first superheroes you know one of the, the the primary superheroes but when you read it it reads more pulpy because that was the tradition it came from so it's fascinating to read it on its own and see how it's so different than what you think it's going to be based on what came afterwards and I think that is the, I think that is a more apt um, parallel with Sweet Sweetback's badass song. Because again, I think he was seeing himself in the avant-garde tradition. I think he he was seeing himself in a lot of different traditions. And when we think about it, we think about it, you, you know, again, the term these like you said, he doesn't even really fight anybody in the movie. Like we think of these larger than life, Jim Brown, you 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 know, uh, Fred Williamson, Black Exploitation Heroes. Sweetback is not that dude. So I think it's interesting. I think you gotta watch it at least once. so
0: well, there you go ladies and gentlemen go watch Sweet Sweetbacks badass song or at least not once according to Vince and not and at all and, and, according, and then, according to Lynn. And then you know say I should have just listened to Lynn. should have just listened to Lynn I should have just I should have just, just jumped straight to soul plane <laughs> <laughs> for the record.
1: I think both Why Did I Get Married and Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry, are worse than this film.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm just gonna let that wither on the vine <laughs> right there as we shut down um this episode of the Michelle mission. Do we have any I'm trying to think, do we have anything that we need to tell everybody? Oh, we, I do have a bit of news for everyone. Remember last week <laughs> when we spoke about mm-hmm. that we have a huge screening coming up of, um, that we're doing at the Black Panther on, in February. Well, word on the street is that we may sometime soon have more tickets available. We might. We might. Keep your fingers crossed, ladies and gentlemen. So if you didn't get an opportunity to get tickets and you're in the Philadelphia area, please email us at michellemission at gmail.com so I can put you on a waiting list. Because the word on the street is that we may. That's what they saying. That's what the streets are, the streets are talking. The streets are talking. The streets are talking, ladies and gentlemen. And they are saying... How the hell y'all watch Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song? Nice. And I think I got I got your tickets for I got you tickets for Black Panther. The streets are talking, ladies and gentlemen, so stay tuned. We've got to get out of here. This has been yet another obese episode <laughs> of the Michelle Mission. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, it is Vincent's film. Yes, and next, which means that next week we will be watching the. Imitation. Imitation of Life. 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 From 1934.
1: 1934, I believe. Whatever yes. the 30s
0: version is. Yes. So, so we'll be watching the 1930s edition. Yes. Which oh. I've never seen. So I'm really Imitation looking forward to this. Looking forward to that. Uh, that will be coming your way on episode 98. <laughs> Woo. Wow. 98 of the Michelle Mission, which we eagerly await all of your feedback. Hit us up at mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find our show streaming as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Look us up under Podcasts on Spotify. And... In a very truncated version, this show is available <laughs> as a radio broadcast on WPPM LP one hundred six point five FM, People Power Media, Philly and Camden, right here in the city of brotherly love. This is going to be a truncated and edited version this week <laughs> because of you. Yeah, it was because of me. That's right. That's what, that's what this. this what this movie did. <laughs> All right, we've got to get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say,
1: we'll see you when it's time to meet again.